the choir has this morning told us the story of Jesus' birth. And it began as they read all the way back before the world even began. It began with the Word, and the Word was God. And of course, it's a story we tell every Christmas season, and it's a story that we all know so well. And because we know it so well, sometimes I think we hear it and doesn't really sink in the, the importance of it, the magnitude of it, the, the, the glory of it. But to think that this God who created the universe became a baby. The God who created the universe was there in a cattle trough, was there in a stable, there surrounded by shepherds. The prophets foretold it as the choir reminded us that one was coming to bring freedom, to take care of sin, to throw off oppression, to set the world right. And then that announcement to Mary that she was going to be the one who would have this precious child. And I always love Mary's response. She's ready for anything God has for her. Basically, she says, whatever your will is, God, whatever it is, I'm your servant. I will do it. What a statement by a young woman. What a statement of faith by one who's going to have a baby who's still a virgin, and not just any baby, the Son of God. And then for that night that it happened, and the angels announced the birth to the shepherds, the glorious news that the Savior has come. Today, to you, born in the city of David, is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The shepherds go and they proclaim it. The wise men come later to worship. The Christmas story, we know it all so well. One thing I want to share with you today before we leave is this. As much as we think about Jesus in this Christmas story, we need to be reminded that it's not just ancient history. We're not just retelling something that happened 2,000 years ago. Because Jesus has proclaimed that He's coming back. So this Lord Jesus is not a baby from 2,000 years ago. And he, he's more even than the Savior who died on the cross for our sin because, again, that happened in the past, but we have a presence with the Lord Jesus and there's going to be a future with Him. And the question always is, are you ready? I'm always reminded, we look at the history, we look at the past, and we think of the people who heard the prophets and the shepherds and all these people back then. And we kind of sometimes think, how could they be so foolish? How could they be so stupid not to, to see the signs, not to, uh, to worship the Lord Jesus? You know, we, we do so with song and we do so every year and, and we have the story right. How could they get it so wrong? Well, they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. And I want you to be ready for when Jesus comes the next time. And when he comes the next time, it's going to be a glorious appearance. He came the first time as a humble child. He's going to come the next time as a risen Savior, a glorious 
Lord. And so there's two ways that you can be prepared and ready. Jesus is coming back for His children. He's coming back for those who are saved. He's coming back for those who are believers to take us to heaven. So that's the first way you're ready. You've got to be a child of God. You've got to be one who believes in Jesus. You have to be uh, ready. And so if you're here today and you have never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not ready. Jesus is going to come and it's not going to be for you. And you're going to be left behind. But today can be the day that you believe and today can be the day that you are saved. Today can be the day that you're ready for His coming. So hear the rest of the story. Not only Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but He grew up, started a ministry when He was about 30 years old, preaching the truth, living the truth, because He was God, He was perfect, doing miracles, teaching like someone who actually had authority. And He told the people this, that He had come, he had come to, as he told his disciples later, to die and to be resurrected. And that's what he did. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. And he rose again to life to conquer death. And he said, if you believe, you will live. That's all it takes. A faith, a belief that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. He rose again to life. A belief that you are a sinner who's disobeyed God and you're on your way to hell, but that God can forgive your sin if you believe in Him. That's how you're ready. Acknowledging your sin, believing in Jesus who died for it, accepting His gift of eternal life. Do that this morning so that you are ready. When we think about being ready for Christmas... Aren't we always, well, I shouldn't say always, but I feel this often, the emotion, until everything's done, until the decorations are done, until the shopping's done, until the cooking's done, until it's all done, we kind of feel anxious, and we kind of feel like we're running around like a chicken with our heads cut off, and we uh, feel like kind of chaos until we're ready. And then there's a peace. Then there's a joy. Then it's time to celebrate. That's how we can have joy as we wait. I want to read one more verse for you this morning. And this is the second way that we can be ready. You see, when Jesus came the first time, there was someone who came to get the people ready. And that was John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a weird way of uh, preaching. He certainly didn't go to... Uh, our modern-day seminaries, nor understand our modern-day American culture, because this is what he said to people who came to him. Brood of vipers! <clears throat> who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? How would you like that if every time you came into church, I'd call you a bunch of snakes? Who warned you to come here? Why are you here? Get out of here! That's how he started Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. And don't start saying to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. 
The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. He's warning them. Just because you belong to a Jewish family, he's telling them. Just because your ancestors Abraham, just because you are part of this long history of God's chosen people doesn't mean you're ready. You could say the same about Christians today. Just because you come from a Christian family, just because you have a long history in this country of a Christian culture, just because you're part of it doesn't mean you're ready. He says if you're ready, there should be some difference in your life. And this is the second way that we're ready, is to act like we're ready, I guess is what, how I would say it. If you're a believer in Christ, then you should live a life that shows you are. If, if you're ready because you're a child of God, you should live a life that shows that God is your Father. And that's what John said to the people as he continued. They asked him, what are we supposed to do? He replied to them, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none, and the one who has food must do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He told them, Don't collect any more than what you have been authorized. Some soldiers also questioned him, What should we do? He said to them, Don't take money from anyone by force or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were waiting expectantly, and all of them were questioning in their hearts whether John might be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I am is coming. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John said to the people, if you want to be ready, live like God's people. Very simple. He told them to share. He told the soldiers not to extort money. He told the soldiers to be content with their pay. He told them to act like it, to live out a life that shows that you have repented. Live out a life that shows that you love God. Live out a life that shows that God is your Father. And so look at your life. Does it look that way? Does it look different from the culture around us? Does your life look as though God is your Father? Does it look as though Jesus is your Savior? Or does it look like everybody else's life? If it does, you're not ready. It's very simple, the things that he says. It's very simple, the ways that we show that we are God's children. You can just go back to what he said. Are you considering others before yourself by sharing? Are you content? Are you honest? Are you producing the fruit of repentance? If you are, then you're ready. That's my prayer for you this morning. Not simply to tell the Christmas story. Not simply to to relive it every season but to be ready for Jesus to come back. I'm excited it may be today. It may be today. Are you ready? Let's be ready. Let's not be like the people in Jesus' day who weren't, who weren't prepared, who missed it. 
Let's be ready for his coming. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your gift. We're thankful for Jesus. And Jesus, we've come this morning to celebrate your birth, to do so with joyful songs. Because, Lord, we are thankful, we're happy, we're grateful that you were born and that you died and you rose again. Lord Jesus, I pray that everyone here this morning knows you as Savior. I pray right now in the, this moment, if they don't know you, that right now they would believe. I pray right now, Lord, that you would save them as they call out to you. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who know you. And Lord, especially in this season, I know we are focused on so many things. I almost feel like we're, uh, <clears throat> we're so distracted that we can't sit at your feet and worship you and listen and be with you. So I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would be ready. Lord, I, I often think about this. Why, Jesus, why don't we just burst through the door this morning? Would, would we be hiding from you? Would be, we be bowing before you? Would we be asking ourselves, what are you doing here? <laughs> Lord, I don't know what, uh, how we would respond, but I pray that we would be ready. And that it wouldn't be a surprise, it wouldn't be a shock, we wouldn't be ashamed. We would be ready, Lord, to, <clears throat> to humbly bow before you and follow you and go where you lead us. So I pray that you would do that in our lives today. Lord, we come as a thankful people and we leave here as thankful people this morning. And pray all these things, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. I do have one last thing to tell you, and then you are going to be out of here before 12 o'clock, which never happens except when we start at 1030, okay? So uh, we do have one family that could use your help. They, uh, if you have any spare electric heaters, uh, please let me know if you have them that they can borrow for the, the winter or whatever. Just let me know if you have any uh, space heaters. They would greatly appreciate those. A quick update on Pastor Doug. If you have not heard, he came home Thursday evening and uh, the doctors were pleased with how his surgery went. Of course, they won't know everything until they get the final results back from the uh, biopsies. But uh, as I talked to Mary Ellen, of course, as you can imagine, uh, he's uh, lots of pain as he recovers and will recover slowly. At this time, they're asking for no visitors, but please continue praying and please uh, continue uh, to think about them. Of course, in time when he's stronger and he feels better, he would certainly love a visit from you. So continue to pray for them. Well, as I said, we're dismissed at 10 till 12. Mark this day down. It doesn't happen very often. That's my Christmas gift to you. Merry Christmas. <laughs>